0: Spacetime. The ever-expanding frontier. These are the records of the most needlessly complicated rewatch of the Star Trek franchise ever. Its mission? To locate every second and contemplate every eon. From outside time, to the Big Bang, all the way to the end of all existence. To do what no sane entity has ever done before. This is the Temporal Trek Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Temple Trek podcast. We are in a season one, part two, episode just eight, not zero eight, not zero eight A, nothing like that. Uh, But we are in uh, season two, episode eight of Picard as well. Now, we don't really know the year because it's not specified in this uh, episode or this little fraction of an episode. So we're guessing some time between 1979 and 1980, I think. Uh, I think it's 1980, you know, it could be maybe a year before if it is 1979 and in the years to come, if there's some Bible of Picard that comes out and it says it's 1970s or something like that, we will happily adjust it. And I will just uh, change the notes Uh, and it will be the only clip, the only part of Star Trek that's ever been committed to celluloid or digital um, that has ever been set in the 70s. We've got tons in the 60s, tons in the 80s, but nothing in the 70s. Uh, now, I'm not going to be alone. I'm going to actually have a guest. Uh, believe it or not, someone would you just sit through three, min- three minutes of TV with me and uh, and chat about it. Now, it's a new guest if you are watching in complete chronological order of the Temple Trek podcast, but a uh, previous guest and a co-host if you're already up to season three. There we go. Hello, Dan. Are you there? Oh, I am indeed. Hello. 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 All oh, right, I've got you beaming through the device because obviously I'm still stuck in the time bubble at this point. Yep. Trying trying to remember my own storylines. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, how are we, Dan? Uh, who are you for the new listeners? Well, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm Dan. Another Dan. Dan Huckfield. Um,
1: I um beamed into this this podcast via my own podcast, Academic Trek, which mm-hmm. is um is sort of beginning to have do things. <laughs> <laughs> at this point. um and um yeah and uh here i am and uh, i think my future i don't know what my future holds but i have a funny feeling that this may become a more regular thing
0: yeah you may be condent. i mean uh asked to to come in to the show yes well uh the uh i think the academic trek is is due to launch isn't it? your first episodes coming out in about a month's time i think yeah, it uh really is, yeah. from when this episode is airing yeah it's crazy um uh, i love time travel uh so uh we're going to be covering a very short part of this episode where yeah. a young boy is in the woods. He finds something gets a bit scared and runs away. And these aliens maybe will sort of come over to him. Uh, any thoughts on these particular scenes uh, just off the bat, you know, did, do you think that we needed this kind of backstory? Did, did you need to sort of know that there were more Vulcans in the 20th century than we realized?
1: Well, I suppose, that yeah, that's the most intriguing part of it, isn't it? I mean, I quite like the backstory. It's, it's very Moulder. Mm-hmm. It's very sort of X-Files. You know, he, he sort of, something happened as a child and he's become obsessed
0: mm.
1: with sort of aliens and stuff. Um, so, and it looked very much like, um, it looked very E.T. to me as well. Yeah. I, really, I think they, they did, the, you know, as you say, we're not quite sure what year it is, but they did the 80s thing very, very well. It had it had that feeling to it. It's strange. Um, I'd be really interested to know the sort of technically whether they use certain like camera angles or or mm. sort of shots and stuff to give it that that feel. But it certainly felt very eighties. Um, yes, it was. Um, I, I liked it actually, and you're right. You know, why are the Vulcans on Earth again? You know, because from what we know, the only reason they went come to earth before warp drive was by accident. Mm. Yeah. These guys seem to be sort of more organized almost. Mm. Like they're doing something. There's a reason for them to be there. Yes. So I don't know whether they're they ever ever touched that again or whether that's just you know throwaway a sort of throwaway bit. But mm. it would be intriguing to know what they were doing. Yeah.
0: That's it. Uh the only Vulcans we've had uh back in the 1950s We've had, um, beyond Spock coming back in time with the TOS crew and things like that, uh, we had uh, Topol's ancestor. They were here to watch uh, Sputnik being launched. They crash-landed by accident, and then they stayed in the 1950s America. Um, we do know that Mistral stayed on Earth based on that story, if you take that story to be true. I was wondering if this was either a recovery mission of Mistral. Mm. Uh, a monitoring of perhaps his impact, you know, if he stayed behind, they're going to need to cover his tracks, you know, make sure there's no contamination of their culture, knowing that there's an alien walking around them. Um, you know, uh, if they ever revisit this, I was wondering if they would ever go down that route and sort of say that this was a recovery team. Perhaps, what if Mistral died and sent out a you know a last minute distress call? Uh, and saying, look, I can't leave my body here in the woods, you know, to be found and then completely change all of their society. Come and pick me up. You know, uh, you know, mm. what if they went into the water? You know, when we see them in the water, yeah. is this, are they recovering the body? You know, he, mm. you know, he, he last breath, you know, uh, switched on the, you know, the subspace beacon and they find him and they've recovered him. And that's why they were there. Uh, or is it something else? Are they trying to save the planet and they're doing something else entirely differently? Um, But we'll go through the scenes. There's not that many of them, but we start technically at 36 minutes and 53 seconds. When we first see this kid running through the woods, calling out a name, but we're assuming he's looking for a dog. Um, uh, He hears a noise. And of course, in classic horror 101, you go and investigate the noise. (laughs) Uh, But he sees some uh, figures just testing the water. There's some weird puddle. Again, again, Feeding into that idea of what if this was mistral, the water is sort of green. So that what made me think, what well, if it is Mastral's blood? They're highlighting it, trying to clear up the water, you know, try and get it all the evidence all off the planet. Because, uh, you know, what if they found a sample of that blood in the water or something that entered the ecosystem? I was you know, trying to spitball any kind of idea of what they're doing with this scene. Um, and that finishes at 37 minutes, 55 seconds. It sort of jumps into him running as we then shoot back to the beginning of the episode, as we get the first sort of memory flashbacks to one minute, 44 seconds up to two minutes, 21 seconds. And we start to see that it's Vulcans chasing him. Uh, We can see the ears just slightly out of sort of like a silhouette and he's running and he's running and he's running. That finishes, obviously. We then jump back to the end of the episode again at 38 minutes, 12 seconds. And we see a Vulcan leaning in as if he's about to do a mind meld. Uh, trying to erase memories now before we jump out of this bit we're obviously co-hosts at season three time I've jumped ahead and I've seen our future um, we know that dirty dirty mind melders they don't like them mm.
1: uh,
0: by yeah. by, about a hundred years time uh, maybe it's a bit more sympathetic by this point in Vulcan history and it sort of changed over the years or was this dirty dirty mind melder doing something he wasn't supposed to do
1: do you know what that hadn't even occurred to me, but you're absolutely right, aren't you? I think maybe what we see in in enterprise is actually like um a bit like we're seeing at the moment on earth a very reactionary um quite sort of what's the word i mean fascist is the word that comes to mind sort of a, a period in in Vulcan history and maybe you know maybe that's that's what we're seeing rather than a continuous you know sort of what's the word um distrust of mind melding Mm. and and maybe that's what we're seeing i mean that that sort of makes sense in a way because what we see later on in in enterprise is you know the sort of the awakening of of the vulcan society and the sort of you know opening up of you know sort of the the teachings of um so maybe that's what we're seeing is that actually yeah you're right but maybe they just didn't think about it
0: let's be honest it could be i mean i was wondering Again, if you were to go down that route, what if this is one of those instances that the Vulcan high command will will point towards, you know, these dirty Mm. mind melders are always making trouble for us. They never Mm. complete their mind melds to erase memories on all the planets we visit and it's getting us into trouble. It's contaminating the culture. Mm. And, you know, it breeds into this idea that these dirty mind melders are destroying cultures because they are doing something invasive to the alien species they're observing um and you know that gives them their justification to say well this one percent of people who can do this you know they they are clearly undesirable um and maybe you know that the other Vulcan who was standing behind him isn't one of the mind melders and she was Mm. you know aghast in a Vulcan way about what he was doing and got him into trouble you know that kind of stuff Uh, and what if you know they visited other planets and did the same sort of thing but it didn't work and it didn't erase their memories um and this started that kind of anti-mind meld Mm. culture maybe again it's just me making stuff up we've literally got 30 seconds to react here but I thought it'd be an interesting idea um then will go to 38 minutes 29 seconds to 38 minutes 31 seconds it's just literally more of the scene so the hand was further away from his face and now it's just a bit closer uh, that's literally all that scene was and then at 38 minutes and 33 seconds we see them beam away mid mind meld Now, in every TV show or anything like that, whenever you see there's a psychic character and they go into someone's mind or it's the Matrix, they always say the body can't survive without the mind, all this kind of stuff. And if you see a psychic you know, being ripped away from Mm. their victim or from whatever reason, prematurely, it usually leads to some really dark, horrible stuff or it could kill the person that they're doing because it wasn't done correctly. Um, I wonder why the Vulcans warped them away so quickly. Mm. Why didn't they wait for him to finish his job?
1: Well, if you're right and he's a dirty mind melder, then maybe that that makes more sense. Mm. Yeah. I mean,
0: was there a rush? I mean, I didn't see anyone else in the woods. There wasn't like the, the ET bit, you know, where all the, yep. the people are running through the woods. And you see the, the torch lights. He's like, Oh no, they're coming. They've got the hunter dogs and all this kind of stuff. None of that was happening. There was no rush. Mm. There was no, clearly no need to get out of there in a rush
1: hmm i don't know maybe it's, again they didn't think about it
0: <laughs> but hey that's what we do here at the temple Jug podcast <laughs> we think about things that nobody had, could be bothered to think about um and they leave we see the sort of ship warp off in the yep. out orbit and then at 38 minutes and 44 seconds it ends there was some aliens in the woods some stranger to Ings. Yes, indeed. Totally. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to bandwagon uh, the show onto any kind of Stranger Things hashtags that are still going at this point. Um, <laughs> but it was a bloody good season, everybody. Um, I just finished season four. So oh, we you. we I stayed can't. up till midnight just to finish it.
1: I watched season one and most of season two and I just sort of drifted out of it. I don't know why.
0: It's easily done. And I have to, I have yeah. to say, season two almost lost me. Um, right. It was a little bit all over the place they tried yeah. to build up more lore that didn't seem connected to anything and mm. it was just it didn't feel right um but season four playing on everything they've done over the last three seasons it really ties well together and you can see you know, where they were going with it from season one what they're going to come to now um just very good very good but if you like your gory horror it that's the way to go um yeah um any other thoughts on these saints. There's not much to talk about really.
1: No, there isn't really. It's I mean, I suppose, you know, again, the thing it does is it does give I can't remember what the, the FBI agent's name is, but it gives him a it gives him a reason. You know, and it does, and it, it's very, you know, I think I like that because they could have just brought him in and he could have just gone into the bar and arrested them. Mm-hmm. And that was it. You know. Yeah. So, but uh, I think it, it does a it does a nice little job. It doesn't. Mm. It's not really needed. It's not really important. It's not. But it just it's a little bit of texture.
0: I wonder, it should we have had this earlier and explored Wells earlier to lead to the episode that it's placed into, so that we know that there's this FBI agent who's collecting all these unusual things happening that day, that eventually. Leads to Picard being arrested. It doesn't just come out of nowhere. It feels like something organically has been growing in the background. That there's been this guy who had an experience with a set of alien creatures. He's already drawn to the unusual. Mm. He's now drawn to this guy who has just been arrested by the ice and told a whole story about androids and ball queens. You know, this guy who materialized outside Tem Forward these two ladies who stole a police car and then magically disappeared. What's going on there? Mm. You know, had we seen him in the background just getting those, yep. would that have been a bit more interesting?
1: I definitely think it would be. But again, maybe this is, this is a problem with such short seasons. You know, they have to pack stuff in. And they have to make sort of shortcuts. Yeah. Now, if this was a 15-episode season, you Know you could almost have a whole episode about this guy, you know. Mm. And so yeah, I mean you're right, that would have been very interesting, I think, and would have would have worked really nicely. But again, I think unfortunately they you know it's time. Yeah. You know, how do you tell a I think this it's one of the big problems with, with modern Star Trek is is that you know that they, they're making these shorter seasons, which I sort of understand because you know, because of the cost and all that sort of stuff, but they also, because of that, they they lose something. They lose a richness. I mean, if you look at TNG, mm. you know, the early seasons are pretty poor, really. But, you know, when they get into their stride and they've got space to to really talk about different characters and, you know, literally, like, like we say, you know, a Troy episode, a Data episode, you mm. don't get that anymore. I mean, Strange New Worlds maybe is doing that a little bit but not not really even even the sort of strange new worlds episodes that are you know maybe leon leon um episodes mm-hmm. are still packed with lots of other stuff going on
0: mhm mhm
1: and so it's it's i think that's you know that that's what they miss they 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 you know they they sort of have a punch to them but they do i think they need more space to breathe i really do mhm mhm and this is an example of that. You know, you could have taken that story and really, you know, enriched that and made it rich and in depth in, in depth, and mm. you know, all the stuff you were saying is, it would could have been really good. You know, this whole sort of, you know, you could have this investigation going on in the background. Mm-hmm. You know, in between the sort of story. You know,
0: it almost. Uh, I was wondering if you know uh you could have him narrating this police case throughout the season. And it opens up every episode is that this guy is getting these new reports of these unusual things happening. Mm. And eventually he then ends up helping Picard and the crew and doing all of this. And it's almost his recount backwards of what happened in 2024, Mm. almost told from his perspective, but we still get to see everyone's and we get the universal audience perspective of what everyone's getting up to. Um, I don't know. It just feel like, by getting this as a child, and what we will eventually find out about this character later, it was an interesting character. It was an interesting yeah. idea. What if someone had met a Vulcan earlier and was in a position of authority to exploit it or investigate it further? Um, and it, it's been lost. You know, it's very unlikely they would ever come back to that character now, yeah. given everything that we know that happens for the season. Um, it, yeah, lots of missed opportunities, lots of setups, but not enough time to take it further or use it in a in a satisfying way i guess for the audience i guess yeah, exactly so speaking on that then uh we don't really do continuity uh, uh and consequence here it's just continuity because we're still in season one I'm trying to remember the voting system for the old time um yeah so uh, continuity uh what yeah. changes for starfleet based on this uh will this, the the fabric of star trek history change
1: Mm. well yes i suppose it will because he's part of the the sort of the the mission for one of a better word that leads to the you know the universe being saved yes i'm trying to desperately trying to think whether his intervention leads to anything important that, that enables Picard to save the world mm. or whether it's just an interlude between him sort of Arriving and leaving, <laughs> um, but yeah, potentially, yeah, because you know, if he's part of the the story, part of the the events that lead to Picard and the crew saving the future, mm. then it's it's he's got a major part to play in history. He's he's an unsung unsung part of of history.
0: Yeah, the FBI agent who knew what was going on, and yeah. um, if anything, sort of. Perhaps uncovered all of these moments in the 20th century that we've been looking at, you know, back in the 40s when the Ferengi crash landed, back in the 50s when Mistral stayed behind, all the 60s when there was these random people in pyjamas running around military bases trying to stop some guy called Gary, Um, you know, all these things that have happened up to this point. Uh, or back in the thirties when we had that guy with the rice picker incident with the really crazy ears, who knew, um, you know, what if he picked up all these reports and kept yeah. them going? Um, you could build a whole series around that idea of the person go who's from that timeline, not going back in time to, to yeah. change it, but from that timeline, sort of trying to pick up the stories and have these, these diaries of the unexplained, uh, a star Trek series set in the 20th and 21st century. I don't know it'd be quite fun to do. Um, yeah. So uh, the alterations, expansions. Mm. Would you want to go back to this character? Is there enough here? You know, I know we've said that it would be nice to have, but is that just a short trek idea, or is it someone you would want to come back to uh, for the long term?
1: Um, there's certainly a short trek there. Yeah. But I, again, I think really what we said earlier is, I think you know, I would have liked to have seen another five episodes and having more integral into the plot, mm. that would have been great. I don't think, I don't think a sort of solo series, maybe, but I think, you know, I think just more, more within this series. Yeah. That's what I would like to see. that'd be my alteration with just to be given a little bit more time, a little bit more involvement. Yes.
0: Because there is a there's a moment where they have to sneak onto a base. So obviously, we're jumping right to the end, end of Picard here, but they have to sneak onto the base to save Rene Picard. You know, to do that, you'd need some sort of security clearance, perhaps an FBI agent who can vouch for you. You know, have him play that into it. Mm. As far as I'm remembering, again, it's a few weeks ago since I watched that episode, and the very last episode of the season. Uh, I can't think if he actually does do anything like that. He lets them go
1: yeah, so he they lets can you fulfill. Go
0: but he doesn't actually sort of make a phone call and say, Oh, I've got two agents coming there called Guinan and Picard. And he just yeah. sent them on, um, you know? Uh, yeah. It, it would make more sense, wouldn't it? Just that hmm. he's a guy of power. Even if he leaves F- the FBI after this point and just gives up on his, his mission. Cause he's, you know, cured his ideas of what, of, what these aliens were doing to him when he was a child. Um, he would then start to help them and start have something yeah. more active, proactive to do. Um so, to Star Trek fans, do we recommend these scenes as uh, interesting, good Star Trek, or is it just too loose and not really connected to anything?
1: It's just a little bit too little, yeah. I think within within the story of Picard season two, mm. I actually think it's quite a nice little interlude. Mm. You know, it's it's it, again. You know, I think um, as we've been saying, you know, that whole idea of him, you know, what what's going on with the Vulcans? Why are the Vulcans there? Those little things are, are interesting, intriguing, mm-hmm. but there isn't enough there to make it. You know, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say do what we did and go back and watch just these things. <laughs> that would be
0: madness. That would be stupid. <laughs> Who so would stupid. do that?
1: <laughs> 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 um, but equally I think it's a nice little it's just a nice little thing in the series yeah I yeah. like it
0: I, I like get... him as
1: a character I would love to see him I've never been to a con
0: Ooh, if I went yes. to a con
1: I'd love to see the actor at the con <laughs> it'd,
0: be, it'd be great <laughs> I I now need to get that as a t-shirt temporal trek podcast who would do that uh, that would be great I think that's, that's merch coming up there um, yeah well I mean and also see that kid you know they yeah. have the kid actors like i was on star trek once as a kid don't remember what the hell it was but yeah that's fine uh I'll, I'll charge you 15 for my signature great. <laughs> that's great <right>. um <laughs> uh yeah to non-star Trek fans is it intriguing enough and uh, does it deliver enough to to be like oh i want to know more about that well maybe it does in a
1: funny sort of way if you're a non-star trek fan you haven't watched Picard. It's really interesting it? because that would give you a really false impression of the season, mm-hmm. but it might be quite intriguing. You know, this young kid, you know, something happens. He meets these aliens. He does something to him. It's quite intriguing if you think of it that way, isn't it?
0: Yeah, because let's say this is 1980, and he's roughly nine, maybe ten years old. You could see that people would think, well, wait a minute, he's growing up around the time when the whales happened. He's growing up around about the time that Janeway goes back to the 1990s. He's growing up around about this time and that time. And he sees 9-11. He sees, you know, he, he could see all the major points in history. Mm. You might think, well, wait a minute, is this a really cool character who yeah. could show us history, but in a in a way that he actually knows that aliens exist and that the Star Trek universe is out there? You know, it hasn't happened yet but he is someone who's existing before first contact. Mm. Um, Yeah. It might give them a false hope that actually this is someone you're supposed to know a lot about. And agent Wells, Oh my God, the best character ever. We know everything about him. Agent Wells, you need to, you know, this is a whole season. You need to go and sit down. Oh no. Sorry. He's he's in it for like five minutes. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. False hope. Ah, It's an interesting idea. It reminds me of, do you
1: remember um, when we did, um, the catwalk,
0: yes, with Troy, wasn't it? Was it Troy? Uh, was Tyler from um, Tyler, Tyler, t- yeah, too young for this track, yes. And he
1: said about the, 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 I can't remember which character it was, but the woman that was sitting on, on the thing, and, and Arch had a talk with him,
0: yes, uh, with her,
1: rather. and he had no idea whether that was a main <laughs> character or not, and this is she, sort of the same thing, isn't
0: it? She was doing a crossword, wasn't she? yeah, and something like that yeah, there was a whole scene, yeah, and he yeah. thought she was a major character because yeah. they'd had a full conversation. That's a great idea, is it, yeah, does it meet the Tyler recommendations?, mm. ah. I think it does because you wouldn't know, would you? You really wouldn't know, yeah, that's really strange, yeah yeah well it's it's hard to tell, it really is hard to tell um. I, I would probably say yes in that if you're only watching Picard season two, because you will get some resolution with that character. Yep. It doesn't really do anything. doesn't really change the story or plot. He just knows that he had an experience as a kid. It drives him to do this. Done. Okay, then. That's it. <laughs> uh, the last criteria is uh, S for setup. But uh, just to sell podcasts, where can people find you, Dan?
1: They can find me on Twitter. At academic trek 47, and they can find the podcast where they find podcasts.
0: Excellent. And it is a fantastic, or will be a fantastic podcast when it is released. If you are listening in chronological order, it is a fantastic podcast. If you are listening out of sequence, and when this is actually, oh, God, this podcast is unbelievably complicated. <laughs> um, yes. So um, uh, join us uh, next week. Uh, if you're listening in chronological order, we're going to go to the one with the whales and it's 1986. If not, you're going to be carrying on and we're going to be starting uh, Picard season two and our watch through as we go through. Uh, but we've already recorded some of those. So that's already happened for us as well. There we go. Oh, jumpy chimey. Why miss? Um, Thanks very much for listening and uh, we'll see you in the next time stream. We certainly will. If you'd like to contact the show, there's now a Twitter account search Temporal Trek Podcast at rider underscore coattail or contact me directly at hitch underscore Daniel. I'm also on Instagram, daniel underscore hitch underscore writer. There's also a website with all of the timestamps you need to follow along. Go to ridingcoattails.simplesite.com and click the Temporal Trek page link. The show is always going to be free, there's no Patreon at all, but if you wish to financially contribute to the show, feel free to find my books by searching me, Daniel Hitch, on Amazon, and we'll catch you in the next time stream.